Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, guys, welcome back to episode three. This is Sex With Your Grandma. I'm Olivia Simons, and I've got, as always, the beautiful Ruth Simons here. Hello. Hi, darling. Guys, I've got to tell you, we just had an absolute shock of trying to figure out how to film, record this a different way. So we've got better quality for you. But honestly, it was such a shocking nightmare. We're going to keep trying, but bear with us. We're doing our best. Oh, poor woman. Trying to FaceTime her because we live in different states. I was trying to FaceTime her and get her to figure it out. But she, honestly, we did our best. But here we, we are. We're just going to go with it. Mate, we, yeah. might, we might call in the professionals next week if we can't get it this time. <laughs> I'll say we need help. We need all the help we can get. Let's be honest. Anyway, we're super excited to be here again today. We are loving doing this podcast. And today we're talking about some really fun things all around sex and sexual myths. And this is a bit of a forte for you, Bob. You come across sexual myths all the time, right? I, yes, I do. People ask me. So we've Yes. <laughs> Keep going. All the time. Mm-hmm. So we've got some great questions. I'm gonna throw them at you. Should we just jump straight on in? Go on in. Go and do Let's it. Let's go for it. All right, I'm going to start off with the age-old question. Can you tell a man's dick size by his shoes? <laughs> the bigger the shoe, the bigger the equipment. You know what I'm saying? No, you can't tell. The age-old question is can you tell? And some, some people even ask, can you tell by their nose as well, the size of their nose? Really? Yes. And um, when I when I, I I was actually at a workshop and I actually said it is absolutely a myth, guys, and one guy threw his shoe into the centre of the room and said, oh, my God, I've been wearing big shoes with socks stuffed in them for years. Now I can get rid of them. He was, oh, my God. <laughs> can you imagine? Because I feel like everyone thinks that. There's a certain stigma around big feet and big hands and there's all that. So, guys, myth busted. Big shoes does not equal big dick. No, it doesn't. But men are really hung up about their penis size and every every man thinks they're not big enough and statistically five out of 100 men um, would not have a penis bigger than 6.3 inches. I've got to say, though, I've met some guys yeah. who've got pretty big dicks and they are obsessed with their big dicks. They want to show it to everyone, I swear to you. Yes, and they, they don't make particularly good lovers either because they think that all they have to do is throw the big appendage around to excite you. Where, li- where men with smaller penises put a lot more effort into their lovemaking, I can I can guarantee that with all the people that tell me this. and I can also back it up from experience. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> She's like, oh my God, Olivia, stop. <laughs> I was going to ask you that, like, does a big dick mean a better lover? Obviously not. But do you know what? Look, in my opinion, mm. size, it doesn't hurt to have a decent size, but I agree. It's all about technique. It is. And not only about technique, but it's about the effort that both partners are prepared to put into it. And mm. there's so many, like you can have raunchy sex, you can have boring sex, but loving sex mm. is particularly fabulous too. And you don't need penis size to have loving sex, really. But it helps. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I must um, tell you that your father has told me to tell you that. Can I quieten you down a bit? Because he's embarrassed by all of this. So I've told your dad not to listen to any of these podcasts. I'm thrilled he's listening. I'm, the more listeners, the better. Everyone is welcome here, especially you, Dad. Oh my god. Um, that actually brings me to my next question. Yes. Is it true that males? have a higher sex drive than women? Yes. Uh, in well, general, yeah, well, gen- everyone? But I think I told you this in, in the, the first uh, first session that I probably am seeing more women today with a higher sex drive than their males, male counterparts. And to elaborate on what I've said before is is that women have more power. I think they're making more testosterone. I think that it there's not they don't the um, stigma to women having sex before marriage has gone out the window. And when the the only difference between a man having a higher sex drive than a woman, which most they mostly do because they have twenty times more testosterone than women. But the, mm-hmm. the only difference is is that when a woman, you know, really doesn't want to have sex, she can fake it, and many women fake it. But a man, mm-hmm. can't, a man can't fake an erection. So that if he if he's really uh, anxious about having sex with his partner because he just doesn't feel like it because his drive isn't as high as hers, he really gets performance anxiety. And well, that actually, that I find that really interesting because I feel like these days a lot of men find it quite threatening to engage sexually with a woman who's quite, you know, strong and in her masculine and seems to be, you know, you know, like they seem to be almost intimidated by a strong woman. Would you agree? Very much so. They are. And mm. why? Oh, I just think I think coming from I someone think, who coming from a woman who's in her masculine twenty four seven, I know, and likes to dominate in every yes. aspect yeah, of her I life. Think, I, I want to know why. I think I'm going to give you a couple of doses of estrogen tablets, Olivia. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm very feminine. <laughs> you sometimes are, you are actually. Um, I, I I think that men look going back to evolutionary men mm. are the hunters and gatherers and they have they have natural hunting and gathering uh, um, genes Urgent. genetically yeah and I think that while a man likes to be chased and it's all very flattering deep down men really do like to do the chasing that's part of the excitement of it for them and i think mm. on in today's market that so many men have been emasculated by the feminist movement by women you know, wanting 
the same jobs as they are, that they have got their their push and pressure to have sex with them and mm. and when we're making the first move on men and I, I still think that the chase is more exciting than than the catch I, was, I come from the old school that says that that if, yeah. if you measure how quickly you go to bed from the first meeting to your first kiss to how long it takes from kiss to go to bed the chase is longer and it's a lot more exciting actually so when should we be sleeping with someone? I think, again, I think we've said this, but I'm, I'll, I'll elaborate on it, and that is that if if you want to sleep with someone and you go to a hookup dating site, you'll sleep with them on the first night. If you want a relationship, I think it's it to hang out a little bit longer and get to know the guy and woman, get to know each mm. other, make sure that the attraction is there because – Believe it or not, pheromones play a very big part in attraction. And mm. if you just turned on for the moment, you know, once you've gone to bed, it dies after that. But if you really get to know someone and you get really into them intellectually, I actually think that um, in that sexual, uh, in, in, what am I thinking? That that intellectual <laughs> intercourse can be just as powerful, if not more powerful, than sexual intercourse. So if you're Oh my God, tell me more about intellectual intercourse. What is this and how do I have it? Well you, you you're on the same page intellectually. Mm-hmm. And that, right. that can be such a turn on. You know, if you look at the most beautiful women in the world, Sophia Loren for one, married to Carlos Ponti, uh, he wasn't a good-looking man. He was a short, fat, dumpy little thing, and she was one of the most beautiful men in woman in woman in the world. And uh, she was attracted to him because he was powerful, he was famous, he was clever, and I think that has much more appeal to a woman than you know this um, pumped-up guy who walks out of the gym who you can barely have a sentence with. Uh, you know, on the I actually found out. Mm. I actually found out recently that during a woman's cycle, mm. she's attracted to different types of guys depending on where she is in her cycle. So when she's ovulating, mm. she's attracted to like a far more like masculine, jacked up kind of like you know genetically blessed kind of guy because that's the best option for her to fertilize her egg. But when she gets towards like her period end of the mm. se- spectrum, yes, she goes for like a gentler, softer, more nurturing feminine even kind of man. Yeah, that, Did you, I didn't even know that. Well, I, I actually haven't read that, Liv, but it makes sense because women look for successful, clever men that can provide security to have a baby with them. And yeah. during certain uh, times of their menstruation, women actually become more sexual. you Women will tell you that they're more sexual before, during, or after their menstrual cycle, and it's it's when they're feeling very sexual is when they're at the peak of it. So that's probably. Or you can be like me and feel sexual twenty four seven. Here we go again. I got it from oh my you, God, I hope your dad's not listening to this. Okay, keep going. <laughs> I got it from somewhere. Let's be honest. Um, 
Speaking of feeling sexual, I kind of want to talk about masturbation a bit. We touched on it a little bit last week, but I had a chat to some of my friends about it. And look, I think it's quite normalized in my, my friendship groups and the people that I hang out with that masturbation is very, you know, we're very open to talking about it. Like I talk about the types of toys I have with my friends Mm -hmm. and things like that. And there's some great brands out there doing a lot of work to normalize self-love. But why is masturbation and, you know, why is there such a stigma around it and why people are ashamed to talk about it? So I'm going to throw that question back at you. You said that amongst your friends, and are you talking about the same age group as you? Because I still think that older people and younger people are really shy about the word masturbate. So I think that the millennium, your, your, you know, the, I'm a millennial, your yeah. millennial age group, are probably more open-minded about talking about it. I mean, we talk about autonomous sex rather than use the word (laughs) masturbation uh, to some people because they actually blush when I talk to some of my clients about masturbation. And it it really, it's the word that most people hate to talk about. And and I had a... Talking about my clients, um, I had uh, one client tell me that when her husband came home and found her masturbating, that he she was so embarrassed by it that she hasn't done it since. Just the mere fact. So yes. I I wonder if we're more open to it because there's because we're able to connect with each other over like don't judge me here. There's definitely been times where I've been in long term relationships and things like that that have been long distance mm-hmm. where you kind of do it, you know, you cyber masturbate with each other because it's all you can do because yeah. you're in different countries or whatever. So maybe that's why we're far more open to it because it's you know a way that we get, we are connecting with people everywhere, mm-hmm. not with everyone, lol, mm-hmm. just like with the right person, guys, but. I wonder if that's got anything to do with it. Or I wonder if it's also got to do with, you know, the normalization of sex toys and the fact that people are talking about them more openly, they're promoting them more on like, you know, more on their social media and things like that. And that brands are actually playing a really big part in, you know, making men and women feel really comfortable with that. Yeah. I don't know, but there's still a lot of men who are hung up about their partners using vibrators they feel really yes they actually they wouldn't incorporate it into their into their sex life they they actually feel like they are failing as a lover and I I spend a lot of time uh talking about sex education to my clients and that and I say it is I said if we if we women could replace a man with a vibrator, you men would have been made redundant a long time ago. The reality is... Well, that's why they're feeling so insecure. It's not true. Women still like to, you know, have real-life flesh next to them. And, I, re- I remember yeah. when I was little, you told me there's something called vaginal ache. Yes. Oh, you remember that? What is that? <laughs> I remember that. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, that, that women actually have a vaginal ache because they like to feel the penetration of a real penis. And that So we're stuck with the guys basically. A piece of plastic doesn't quite cut it <laughs> the same way. It comes close though. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I what my, the, the whole point that I make now 
to my clients is that I say when a guy comes to you and he's really turned on and he's into a high state of arousal and he comes with an erect penis, when a woman is busy getting the kids off to bed and getting dinner ready and getting their things, uh, you know, they're everything sorted out for the next day for, for their schooling days, the last thing she's thinking about is sex. So Sometimes for some women it can take 45 minutes to get to the level of arousal that their partner is at when he drags her into the bedroom. So I And they can get it in like and seconds. And that's what I say. Use the vibrator mm. and you can meet him in within about three seconds and, and save 45 minutes yeah. of hard work. And Guys, get yeah, yourself some toys in yeah, best. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I think incorporating toys into the bedroom is a great idea, especially, you know, to keep that spark alive and to mix things up and to, you know, keep each other guessing. I think it's a really great way to keep your love life, you know, the other thing, spicy. The other thing too, Libby, is 70% of women do not have orgasms during penetration. And Wait, 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 mm. wait, 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 wait. So I knew the number was high. So is that without clitoral stimulation? Without clitoral stimulation. 70% of women need mm. clitoral stimulation to have an orgasm. And right. so now there's there are vibrators where women can actually use it when their partners are penetrating them so they can actually have the orgasm while their partners are penetrating them. So I say yeah. to my clients that they're not they're sex aids. They're not they're not they're not mm. necessarily sex toys. They actually they actually aid the enjoyment and make the whole situation a much more fulfilling one for both partners. Mm, I have several, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I've still got the one I gave you. (laughs) Oh, that died a long time ago, Bubba. (laughs) Actually, speaking of sex in general, I'd love to know how often are people having sex actually and what is – you know, what's the average amount of sex people are having? Because I feel like people talk it up or talk it down depending on who you're talking to. No, that is so such a lovely question because every single person believes that everyone else is having more sex than they are having. And, Mm. you know, when people say how often should we be doing it, you have to say to yourself, you know what? What are you talking about? If there's no, there's no. If, if we if we talk about um, an eighteen year old boy, he's having sex ten times a day, usually by himself. And then we talk about <laughs> then we talk about the next bracket of young couples um, who, when they first meet and in that limerence stage, they can't get out of bed. They're in bed for almost two years and then you get Mm. pregnant women who go off sex and because they lose the hormone DHEAs which make them lose their sex drive and there are things. I thought you were super horny when you were pregnant. Is that a myth? Some women are but the majority of people actually are not and particularly after they have their babies and they're breastfeeding, they actually lose their sex drive up to two years. Oh, my God, you're going to have to say that again. We'll say that again. You Did just I dropped drop out? out. Sorry. So, yes, yeah, start again. From what point? <laughs> the whole thing. Go again, girl. Well, we'll go back to the question of um, how, of pregnant, of pregnant women. women lose their DHEAs, yeah. 
which is a hormone that drives mm-hmm. their sex drive, and particularly when they're breastfeeding their babies. And it can take up to mm. two years to get that hormone back. I tell, I tell women to go and do some back, get back into exercise because that can do it. And if not, they actually can get the DHEs from doctors who specialize in integrative medicine. So they get the, they get the mm. hormone through the compounding pharmacy. But let's go back to that statistic because there is a t- statistic that couples that have been together for uh, a fair while. So research has found that yeah. couples in Australia actually do it 114 mm-hmm. times a year. Brazilians win by doing it 158 times a year and the Japanese lose out by mm-hmm. doing it 50 time, 52 times a year. And when I told your grandfather that, his comment to me was he didn't know that he was living in Japan, actually. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yes, I find that hard to believe. I remember you told me once that you got a shot of testosterone because you wanted to have your sex drive back. Well, that's when I went through men- menopause and there was a whole mm-hmm. program on current affairs in America um, and there was a mm-hmm. clinic that some woman had opened in America, and she was giving women testosterone shots. So, what was well, that like? To start off with, you know, if you do it long enough and hard enough, you're going to get a deeper voice, and you're going to start growing hair on your chin. But don't, don't want, want that. that. But the reality was that I I did go to my doctor and ask him, and honestly, it's I can understand why men get that that nervous energy that that actually goes along with the need to have sex, but there is actually nothing that can satisfy you. That's why I, I realise guys who are highly testosterone need to do contact sports, you know, where they – and mm. so I had a 24-hour situation where I, the only way I could feel good was go running around the block. I was actually I, – I ran a half marathon. I rang up the doctor. I said, is there, there must be an antidote or something for this. He killed himself laughing. He oh said, Don't worry, God. it'll wear off in 24 hours, which it did. Um, so I re- that is yeah. so, so I don't funny. recommend testosterone for women, really. <laughs> <laughs> so basically everyone thinks that everyone's having more sex than them, but on, in reality, in Australia, people are doing it basically yes. twice a week. Is that just for people yes. in relationships? Or just in general? No, no people mm. in in relationships um, that have been together for a couple of years and onwards. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah I wonder because I'm certainly not having sex that many times a year. I want to well, know what these people, people are. The, um, the research now is also showing that people who have sex less than 11 times a year are living in sexless marriages. And I hate to tell you. A sexless marriage. Less than 11 times a year. And you'll be horrified how many couples are living in sexless marriages, not only in Australia but all around the world. I don't know whether I told you that statistic that when I was researching for my book, I was reading um, a book, an American statistic, a researcher who was saying that a third of American women who are in long-term relationships absolutely don't want sex, and that equated to 33 million women in America are living in sexless marriages. Yep. Oh, my God. 
That's it's so sad. sad. It is sad. How do you come back from how do you come back from being in a sexless marriage? Well, I've, I'm going to go back to my sex doesn't live on an island all by itself. It's joined to a mainland, mm. and nine times out of ten, when I find the things that are missing on the mainland, that's why people don't really want to hop over to that sex island. So it's not about sex. It's really about the relationship mm. and that's what I fix up. You know, that's what I where I work with my clients yeah. the most that, you know, women are just so in need of intimacy and passion and, you know, that's mm. why Fifty Shades of Grey Sold more more books by than Harry Potter because women are, women were craving for erotica, and in and mm. the movies today aren't erotic. They they're so explicit that there's nothing sexy about looking at two people, you know, in the nude, explicitly having sex on the screen. There's nothing sexy about it. Um, and it's it's right. it's. The lead up to the passion and the romance that women find more exciting, and that's what they need in their lives more than just, you know, a, a wham bam, thank you, ma'am, in the bedroom. Do you think that's why people start like or end up sleeping with their friends because they feel so fulfilled by, you know, their friendships that it eventually turns sexual? And actually, there's a part two of that question Do you think sex can ruin a friendship? If you have a, if you have sex with a, with one of your friends, well, this yeah. is this is what we call wife swapping, doesn't isn't it? Um, or open marriage? Is it? What? what well, if you if comment? you have sex, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, you're not talking about swapping. No, sorry, if you're single and you sleep. With oh, sorry, I mean, I I, I misconstrued what you just said. You're saying that's okay, but I want to hear about that wife swapping. That you well. shouldn't have sex with a friend. It ends the friendship. Yes, mm. uh, I believe that because what happens to women when they have sex more than once with someone that they like, and particularly as a friend, mm. it opens up the limbic system in their brain. And once right. the woman's limbic system is opened, she actually starts to have feelings for that other person, which it doesn't happen to men. Men can sleep with a thousand women and and not and walk away from them, mm-hmm. but once the wom- a woman has opens up that limbic system, she becomes emotionally attached to the other person. So when that happens, it's very very hard to take them out of a lover slot and put them back into a friends yeah. a friendship slot. It's it's a difficult thing to do. I think it can happen over time though, because I've definitely slept with friends of mine and it's, don't get me wrong. It hasn't been easy all of the time, but I've definitely been able to maintain a friendship with them. You know, some of them. That, um, there has to be, there has to be distance in time before you can come back as friends. Agreed. You can't sleep with them yesterday, then become a friend the next day. I think that there has to be a break in the friendship or the mm. relationship to come back as a friend. That, 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 yep. Yep. That chemistry has to be yeah, gone as so well. Too. I think. All right. We've got a couple more questions. Um, is it true? Okay. I've got, this might be a bit of a biological question. I don't know if you can answer this, but in your experience, is it true that all women can squirt? Are you talking about the G spot? 
No, you know how like you can have like female mm-hmm. ejaculation. That only that you. That, is it true that no, everyone? Can not do every it? woman can do it, and it usually happens through finding the G spot. Not not. Yes, internal. So that with when mm. when women have G spot orgasms, that's when they squirt, and not every woman has a G spot. Even though there's a myth out there that every woman what? does have one, uh, not every. <laughs> You've got to look very hard sometimes to find that G spot. Um, and but not but not everyone has it. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, I am shook. I legit thought everyone had one. No. That's crazy. So many jealous oh my women God. out there listening to this podcast that saying, "I wish I had a G spot." <laughs> Oh my yeah. god! Um, I act that fucking sucks. I actually want to ask you something about BDE. Yes. Do you need a big dick to have big dick energy? You have to. Be, you have to. Be, I'm going to explain that to I, me, I, Olivia. <laughs> so you know, big dick energy is like a guy. Like when he walks in the room, you can like he's really confident and he's like got all that like energy around him and he can like basically talk to anyone and like the way that he acts like around women and around other men actually. So like girls will look for like that big dick energy in a guy. But do you need a big dick to have no, big I dick don't energy? Believe that. I, I I do believe that when a man has a big penis, it gives him a, a lot more confidence. Yes, there's like a, a certain, certain amount of confidence. Yeah, but I think. Again, let's go back to the successful, rich, smart man. It wouldn't matter whether he had mm. a big dick or not. It would matter how many dollars he had in his pocket. Would That would be damn sight more appealing and also uh, give him <laughs> a lot more confidence than somebody who's got a big dick, as you call it. So big dick energy is a mindset. Basically, anyone can have it. I reckon I've got big dick energy. Let's be honest. I just think you've got a lot of energy, Olivia. I'm not, I don't know about big dick In energy. general, yeah. <laughs> I won't disagree on you with you on that one. Um, all right, I've got maybe one and a half more questions, and I actually this one's a bit of a. You know what? I might save that one to next week because it's going to be. Um, that will take a little bit longer to answer, but we'll finish up on one last question. Is it true that you have to use it or lose it? Yes, that's that is true. Yeah, yeah, really? it is true. Definitely. So if you don't yes, use it, you lose both, it for, for like both men and women. But but having said mm-hmm. that, you can get it back with the right person who can. Bring out the, the attraction and turn on the filing cabinet in your brain again, because because if you mm. if you are sexually attracted to someone and you haven't had sex for a long time and you believe that you've lost it, it can actually come back in in minutes if the attraction is there. So yes, use it or lose it is mm. is an absolute fact, but you can definitely get it back if you're with the right person. There you go, guys. Yeah. You heard it here first. Big shoes does not equal a big dick and use it or yeah. lose it. Correct. Also, still stuck on the G spot. Yes, too. yes. Oh my God. Think of all the poor women um, that don't have it. <laughs> yes. Do all, is it true that some women have never had an yes. orgasm? Sorry, I yes. just thought of that question. And 10%. Just now. 
um, and the, of women have never and had it's an orgasm. A an orgasmic person, and uh, yes, they don't, and it's it's very very sad for them because women would love it. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop them. Yeah, it doesn't the stop them from one, feeling emotional. It doesn't stop them from feeling sexual, but they actually are not are totally unable to have an orgasm. But just to elaborate on that a bit, um, I explain to my clients that there are some people who can never ever have an orgasm with a partner, male and female. And okay, mm, so I've we heard that too. so. Um, we called we call it delayed ejaculation in men, where they just can't ejaculate when they penetrate a woman. And there are some women mm-hmm. that the guys can stand on their heads and pull out every trick. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. In the book, and they cannot make the female have an orgasm. So, where we talk about heterosexual people, homosexual people, bisexual mm. people, I explain to this group of people that they're called autosexual. And that means they are the only mm. people in the world that can give themselves an orgasm. And there's nothing terribly wrong with that. I think that most people should be in control of their own orgasms anyway. But, but what I do I is I educate yeah. my clients to see that there's nothing wrong with them. So – that's not mm. that's not the question that you asked me about women who never have an orgasm because there are ten percent of women that never do. But but there, I think we need to do an entire episode on orgasms. Mm. If I think about it, what yep, do you reckon? We can do that anytime. <laughs> I think we, I think we should. I'm too obsessed with going to go and find my G spot now, so I feel like we should wrap this up. <laughs> But thanks so much, Bubba. This was um, a great podcast. I have actually learned so much and I'm kind of like a little bit bamboozled. <laughs> Do you want me to finish up with one statistic that people really are a little bit confused about? And one is that um, the Karma Sutra actually says there are 600 sexual positions, but the average mm. Australian people only use two. <laughs> <laughs> well, Which having two? said that, one of my clients, um, or he was a guy actually at a workshop. He put up his hand and said, "What's the other one?" So we might fi- oh we might God. finish up on that note. <laughs> Beautiful! Oh my God, I'm going to go explore all 600 <laughs> and find my G spot. But thanks so much, Bob. Thanks for right, darling. chatting with okay. me. See you. Until next time. Oh, guys. Please join our Facebook group. It's called um, Sex with My Grandma Podcast. Um, please um, listen, subscribe, r- um, rate and review. We'd love to hear your thoughts and um, are keen to get your feedback. So thanks so much and see you next time. See you next Bye. Week. Bye.